0: Hey, y'all. My name is Delaney Peterson, and I'm so excited that you're listening to Words Like Honey. This podcast is for high school and college girls. My prayer is that this will be an encouragement to you in your personal walk with Jesus. Okay, so if y'all's school is anything like mine, then you are in the midst of one of the busiest times of the semester, midterms. Everything feels so overwhelming, especially with COVID just totally taking this semester and flipping it upside down. I feel like whenever I get through one week of tests and projects and assignments and just craziness, the next week it starts all over again, right? Like there's no buffer week where it's like, okay this week's just more lectures. It's like, no, this project's due on Wednesday and then I have two more class periods and then my next project's due and it's like our minds are just constantly running. I feel like in the midst of this crazy season, it's really easy to put everything on ourselves. We think that, okay, I just have to put my head down and get through this work and do it all by myself and I'm going to be great. We overpack our schedules. We just kind of get overwhelmed with everything that we have to do instead of taking it step by step. This just totally is true of me my sophomore year. So last year in the fall, I come back from an amazing summer program through Stumo called Kaleo. Now I was just on fire for God. And I just was so excited to start meeting younger girls and start sharing the word of God with them. But I also had just switched my major and so I was in these upper level classes that were really new with all these professors I had never heard a single thing about. I also was going to be a big in my sorority and so I had to meet with so many girls, get through the emotional mental stress of the ups and downs of that and I just constantly was running from place to place to place. Literally, you guys, I remember like in the mornings I'd have a meeting at like 8am and I'd leave the sorority house at like 755 and I literally sprinted with my backpack it was a sight to see let me tell you all jokes aside it was really really crazy and hectic even though I was trying to do all these things that were really good, like I was trying to get good grades and I wanted to be an awesome big and wanted to find my little and be best friends forever and I wanted to lead Bible studies, but I was doing all of this on my own. I thought that doing the most meant that I was the best, that people who were sitting in their dorms having time to watch Netflix or whatever, they just weren't doing as much as I was. I was just really prideful in that all of these things that I was doing made me great. But I was so just overstretched, so stretched thin with all of these things that were really important and really good that I wasn't able to give my all to all of them. I just didn't have time to breathe. Didn't even ask what God wanted me to do. I was pouring and pouring and pouring out and I wasn't letting God fill me up enough. And what this led to was a ton of resentment towards these activities and people that I loved because I was just so exhausted from running around all the time. Meeting with these girls became draining. The clubs I was involved in became a hindrance. School honestly just felt like an obstacle in my way, just something that interrupted everything else important that I had to do, let alone projects, essays, assignments. (laughs) I wasn't able to give my full heart to anything because I was stretched so thin. Now, I don't want to say that wanting to be a good big is bad. I don't want to say that leading Bible studies is bad. Being involved in philanthropic clubs is bad because those things are not bad. And I think often as girls, and especially Christian girls, we think we have to do as much as possible or else we're failing. We're falling short. We aren't doing enough. We are selfish. We are wasting all these opportunities. I think that something that God has really, really shown me through that crazy season was that I was trying to play God in my own life. And y'all, whenever we try to take the role of God, it does not go well. I was so burned out in a desperate need of rest. What does it mean to rest in the Lord? Like, I feel like that's some christiany phrase that people say all the time but nobody really tells you what that means it's like oh rest in the lord give it all to god okay but how do i do that so i just kind of want to walk you guys through that and see we're gonna look at what scripture says about it and i just want this to be really refreshing for you so let's go back to trying to play god in our own lives what do i mean by that i mean that we try to control everything around us. We think that we are in control and that we are fully capable. I feel like society and culture has just fully ingrained in us that we are capable to do everything. Nike slogan, just do it. You know, if you work hard enough, anything can be accomplished. If you take a second to breathe, you're failing. Like you aren't giving your all we are just, we kind of grow up in this American dream mindset. And for a lot of you guys, like the pressures from parents is so real. We talked about people pleasing last week and what that looks like and how that pressure can be really exhausting. And I think that leads into this burnout as well. We want to please all these people, but if you're anything like me, you put a lot of pressure on yourself you are a perfectionist, you just get really anxious about everything that you have to do. And it's easy to feel like you are drowning. You know, like, why do we feel so tired? Right? So if it's like, okay, well, if I can do anything I put my mind to, if I can just do it, if I can pack my schedule super tight enough, I can just sleep at night or I can sleep in on the weekends, like I'm just going to cram my week as full as I possibly can why do I feel so tired? Why doesn't it feel fulfilling? Doesn't being busy mean I'm successful? So something that I want to look at is the story of Martha and Mary. This story is in Luke 10 verses 38 through 42. Also just for reference y'all, I have an ESV or English Standard Version Bible. So when I quote scripture or read from the word, I'm usually doing ESV. So if you guys have an NIV or NLT or if you're reading the King James version. So some of the versions might slightly vary, but ESV is the one that I choose. There's no right or wrong reason at all. I just like how it's worded and I feel like it's easier for me to understand. This story of Martha and Mary, I feel like shows two great pictures, how we handle big things that happen in our lives. I'm going to read from Luke 10 verses 38 through 42 and then just kind of break it down with you guys. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Basically to summarize what we talked about so Jesus is heading through a village and something really cool about Jesus that I think is super telling is that he just totally immersed himself with the people of the time just with normal everyday people like you and me. There is nothing extremely special about Martha and Mary other than the fact that they opened up their home to Jesus and so Jesus decided to enter, and y'all, he's like the king of the world. And if he were coming to stay in my house, I probably would be a little like Martha too. I'd want to clean up, I'd want to make sure everything looked really tidy to him. I'm recording in my room right now, and let me just say, I would be a little embarrassed if Jesus was staying here. So basically, Martha takes this approach of Jesus coming. I need to set everything up for him. I need to do the dishes. I need to sweep. I need to make sure everything looks tidy so that it's fit for him to stay. Versus Mary, who all she's doing is sitting, literally sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. And Martha is blown away. She's like, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Tell her then to help me. Martha is just shocked. I feel like... I am Martha so often in my life. Martha could be characterized as somebody who is just really busy. Somebody who just busies themselves with all of these things that she thinks are so urgent. Mary, on the other hand, has realized that, and Jesus says this, that Jesus really is the only thing. She has taken what is the most important thing and valued that over all these small details. Mary is just sitting with Jesus, soaking up his presence. Again, like y'all, like my first tendency, sadly, isn't always to run to Jesus and sit at his feet. It's that I think I have to do all these things. Okay, I have to plan my week with school and plan out all my assignments, and then if I have time, I'll spend time with Jesus. I have to just please all my friends. I have to go on the state. I have to go to this party, whatever. And then maybe on the weekends, maybe Sunday morning, if a church service isn't too early, I'll spend time with Jesus. But y'all the whole time, Jesus is sitting here like, do you not see me? Come spend time with me. I'm here with you because I care about you and I love you. Not because I'm impressed by all these things you're trying to do. I have to remind myself of this all the time. Martha is such a picture of burnout, right? If we went about all of our weeks as Martha's, we would be so exhausted. We would be overwhelmed. Jesus even recognizes that Martha is anxious and troubled about many things. So it's not just the preparations. Maybe she's worried about her appearance. Maybe she's worried about Her personality. Maybe she's worried, okay, what am I going to feed Jesus? So Jesus knows her heart, knows her thoughts. And so if Jesus is saying, hey, you're anxious and troubled, he knows. Especially like my freshman year of college and definitely in high school, I just put so much on my plate, so much on my plate that I was so distracted with busyness. Even if these things were good, even if these things were helpful to people, even if these things were growing, I just put so much on my plate. I think Mary, on the other hand, shows such a perfect example. She recognizes that it's most important to spend time with Jesus. So what I've learned a lot through a lot of discipling and through meeting with older girls is that spending time with Jesus is the most important part of my day. It is what centers me for the day. Every morning, almost every morning, I can honestly admit that I'm not always perfect at it. Sometimes I oversleep or sometimes I... Don't prioritize, but my goal always, and usually nine times out of 10, I am spending the first 45 minutes, hour of my morning with Jesus. I am reading his word. I am praying and I am just letting him know what's going on in my day. I do this to center myself and remember, okay, all these things are so worthless. If Jesus isn't involved, Jesus is what should be at that source. Mary is caught on his every word think about what Mary, if Mary left that conversation with Jesus, how much more productive she would probably be because she's just learned so much. She has learned the tips and the tricks from the Lord. She knows what God wants her to do because she has talked to God. She knows what he's telling her versus Martha, who's just so distracted with busyness. And so I think burnout can definitely be characterized as distracted with busyness. Okay. I think another thing is self-sufficiency. We think that we can handle all these things that we try to put in our lives, that we try to overdo, we try to be Martha's about. We think that we don't need rest. We think that we are all powerful. We are totally in control. We are self-sufficient and we don't need God, right? If we are self-sufficient, if we were really perfectly capable about of doing everything on our own, then wouldn't our life look perfect Wouldn't everything go exactly as we want it to? Big shock here. It doesn't because we aren't self-sufficient. We aren't capable of doing everything that we want to, which can be so frustrating. Again, I'm a perfectionist. Sometimes it is so frustrating that I can't do a million things in one day. And me with a million girls and get straight A's and work out and be healthy and take care of myself and get eight to nine hours of sleep like that's not possible, but that doesn't mean that we don't try. Something that I think is so important and has been so influential in my life is John 15. So John 15 paints this beautiful picture of a vine and branches and a gardener. And so basically this walks through that. Jesus is the true vine. So he is what should be at the base of everything in our lives, He is where we get our nutrients. He is where we get our just like source. Without that vine, the branches cannot grow. And so we are the branches here. God, our father, is the gardener. He oversees the garden. He is the one who's planting in the first place. And I think that we like to think we are the branches, the vine, the gardener, the soil conditions, the sun the moon, the stars, the rain. Like we like to think that we are everything. We are planning our own farm. And God is like, okay, no, no. He says in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This was really shocking to me when I first read it, because I spent, you know, like 19 years of my life, Thinking, okay, no, like, I've done all these things on my own. Have I had peace? No. Have I been anxious? Yes. Have I experienced extreme burnout? Yes. But I've done all these things. You know, I graduated from high school. I got this or that award. I had these or those friends. I looked like this at prom. You name it. But have any of those things been impactful? These are all just things. They haven't added anything to my life. Nothing that I've done has been, like, eternal. Apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing that really matters, nothing that produces fruit, nothing that fulfills me or satisfies my life. I feel like I really discovered that what matters, the opposite of nothing is God. So anything that I do that is going to be impactful, anything that I do that is going to be important, God is going to be at the center of that because on my own, I'm weak. On my own, I am flawed. On my own, I cannot change a single person's heart. I can not make somebody feel good. It has to be God at the center of that because at my core, I am broken, I am sinful, I am evil. That is the tendency of my heart, y'all. That is the tendency of all of our hearts. Ever since the garden, Adam and Eve, they fell short. They broke God's perfect design. And ever since then, every single one of us has fallen into that too. What's the point then in doing all these crazy things? We are getting ourselves so worked up. We're trying to play God in our own lives with no like reward, no fruit, no outcome. So how do we live a life that is impactful, that is meaningful, that just matters? Honestly, how can we live a life where we aren't burnt out? How can we live a life that honors God? And how do we do that without completely overworking ourselves? The answer to this is resting in the Lord. So, this is not laziness. Resting in the Lord, I think, means humbling ourselves to recognize that God is God and we are not. Ephesians 3, 20-21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We recognize that God is so far above us. He is creator of the earth. The winds, the seas, like the skies, like they all work on his command. Like he commands them. I don't know about you guys, but I could not calm a storm after I wake up from a nap. Like Jesus did in the boat with his disciples. No, none of us can do that, but God can. So why are we trying to do it all ourselves when we have the Lord? He is able to do more than we ask or think according to the power that works in us, right? So what that means is that God through us, through the Holy Spirit that enters us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we humble ourselves and recognize that we need a Savior that we can't do everything on our own that we need something bigger than us when we surrender our lives to the Lord when we open our hands and we let God work in our lives that's when that power comes in that's when God starts working through us kind of a little bit more about what this looks like if God's working through me then that's great but how does that like help me like that still sounds like work like it still sounds like I have a lot to do but God is never gonna call you to do more than you are capable of he, has we talked about people pleasing in Psalm 139, like God already has our days numbered. He has handpicked our talents, our qualities, our strengths, our weaknesses. He knows. So often I think that we miscalculate what we can do, what we can handle, but God knows. So if we are surrendering to him and we are, we decide to let him, like plan our schedules, we decide to let, to involve him in that, to not just do everything on our own. And then as an afterthought, throw a prayer in there. No, like when we really sit with God and we let him work, we invite him into our lives to do that work. That's when then we can start receiving rest because we recognize that it's not all on us, that God has got us and he is working. I love Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So for those of you who don't know, yoke is like a descriptor so back in jesus's times when he walked the earth jesus often spoke the people of the time would understand so a lot of farmers a lot of workers of the land at this time a yoke is this kind of harness that would go across two oxen and so this yoke is important because it's like kind of that balance of strength between the two in order to pull like a plowing machine what jesus is saying is take my yoke from me my yoke is light Okay, how is Jesus' yoke light and he is God? And my yoke is heavy and I'm human. Like, doesn't that seem like it should be opposite? But for God, he is all powerful. He is unlimited like we are. We don't have those capabilities. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all of our sin. He took everything that we could ever struggle with. Anything that could ever be hindrance to us. And he got victory in it. What does that look like? That looks like him giving us his power. He says he is gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. His burden is light. He offers us his victory, his easy burden in exchange for our messes, for our weaknesses. He gladly takes those because he is able to. He is able to handle what we are not. And he invites us to do that. But we have to step into that y'all like this doesn't just happen. We have to be willing to say, okay, God, this thing that I'm so tightly clutching in my fists, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to open my hand and give this to you. I'm going to take this struggle. I'm going to take this stress. I'm going to take this pressure that I feel. I'm going to take this, these insane things that I think I have to live up to that I think I have to do every second of the day, just my perfection, my control, whatever. I'm going to open my hand to you and I'm going to say, God, you've got it. You are faithful. You took everything from me on the cross. I trust that that is enough for me. I trust that I already have victory in whatever I'm going to face. And so I'm just going to trust that whatever you put in my way, you can handle. And because you are in me, you will get me through it. Isaiah 40 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is such a beautiful picture how God renews us. When we open our hand to God, when we take his yoke, can we give him ours? That's when God can renew us. That's when we trust in him and we allow him to work in our lives how do we not grow weary right like how do we not burn out then so it's like okay god like that sounds great but i still have classes like i'm still a student i still have a job like i still have all these relationships i'm trying to manage i think that's because a lot of times we enter in activities we make these commitments we add all these things to our plate without asking god god like is this wise God, do you want me to be involved in this? God, how do you want me to handle this? How do you want me to approach this day? Should I be taking this commitment? You know, I think that this really looks like inviting him into every part of our lives. Again, not just our Sundays, not just our Bible studies, not just our prayers at the end of the day, but inviting him into every aspect of our day, saying, God, like, I don't want to move unless you're involved in it because otherwise I'm going to be like Martha. I'm going to be running around so busy when in reality, sometimes you're just calling me to rest in you and that's okay. You're calling me to slow down. Maybe you're calling me to put my heart into one activity instead of three or instead of five. Maybe you're calling me to really give to this relationship because this friend really needs help right now and I can't see it, but you do. And so if I could just, you know, feel guided by you, if I could just open my heart and just feel pushed by you to this one person, instead of meeting with these 12 people this week, I spent a little extra time with this one friend because I feel, I just feel called to this person this week for some reason, which would be God. That can make such a difference in their lives and we don't even know. But God knows. Maybe this perfect club experience whatever you're so excited about you give all this time and then you don't get elected for this position or you run for something in your sorority and you don't get it and now you're like okay but I gave all this time I just how could this not work out for me and you're so frazzled and you're so frantic and you're so lost like you did all of this stuff but maybe that's not what God had planned for you guys God has already mapped out our days he wants to lead us in things that are going to give him glory and honor him and you know what's not glorifying and honoring to God when we have God's yoke, this light yoke, and instead, we put everything on ourselves and we try to take His job. We try to be God. That is not honoring to the Lord. That is us trying to be God. and we're not. He knows where we should where we should be going. He knows where, we can step next that is just going to give us life, that's going to give other people life, that's going to honor Him. I found that when I really take time and I lay out things before God and I prayerfully approach them with the Lord, I take time and I really sit and I ask God, God, like, what do you want me to do? I look to His Word. I was debating last summer, this past summer, if I should go back to Cleo as a leader. If God wanted me to lead a group of girls for the summer, and this is before COVID, before any of that, you guys, like I was debating, do I do that? Or do I do like, do I study abroad? So I spent a lot of time in prayer. I talked to older girls who had wisdom and I really let God lead me in that. I didn't make any rash decisions. I didn't lead on my own wisdom. I took this to God. I laid it at his feet. I opened my hand and I said, God, teach me. Tell me what you want. I am willing to go where you want me. I don't want to do something if that's not what you want for me. I decided and I committed to go back to Clay as a leader. And this was in, I think it was December, late December, almost January. And then you know what happened in February? All overseas travel got banned. All these programs got shut down. Kids who were overseas came home. Y'all, if I would have jumped into doing an overseas internship that sounds amazing, it probably would have gotten canceled because of COVID. But you know what? I didn't know that back then. But you know who did? God. God knew. He knew what was best for me. And yeah, did Claire look different because of COVID? Absolutely. Was it amazing? Was it growing? Was it hard? Absolutely. God knew what I needed. He knew what I should be giving my energy and my time to and he laid it out for me. God didn't audibly speak to me, I wish, but no, that looked like a couple weeks of consistently spending time with him. How could we know if going down the right way, if we're not asking him, how can we know if something's wise to do or not if we don't look to his word, which is full of wisdom? So how do we rest in God? How do we avoid burnout? How do we avoid endlessly filling our schedules just because we think we should or because Just like something in us wants that, glory wants that, you know, status of always being busy, you know, being successful. How do we avoid that? We spend time with him. We forget God's characteristics. We forget his abilities when we aren't getting in his word. Over and over and over, there are countless stories of deliverance, success, strength in the face of hardships in the hands of our God. The book of Joshua is a great example of this. Joshua nine says, this is God speaking, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You guys, the Lord of the universe, creator of heaven and earth is on your side. Nothing happens that he doesn't allow. I'm not sure about you guys, but I know I'm not powerful like that. I'm not a superhero. I don't know all things. Again, on my own, I am weak. But with God at work, I can be confident that no matter what the outcome is, I will get through. Not because of who I am, but because who God is. Now, I wanna stress that I'm not saying that if you lean on God, you won't struggle, that your life will be prosperous at all times, that you will never make a mistake and that you will win every battle. God doesn't promise us that we will always be successful. He does not promise an easy life at all. But the point is that God is with us. He never leaves our side. He is on our side. He goes before us. He shelters us in from behind. He is our protector. Jesus is our peace and our joy despite any circumstances. Do I float through the semester in family tensions with no worries whatsoever no. Do I sit back and do no work and expect God to bring me everything? Absolutely not. God expects us to honor him in our work and in our perseverance, but he doesn't leave us to do it alone. So how can we prepare though to for what's going to come our way? Maybe you're in the midst of impossible exams and projects. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe your family is really struggling right now with illness or lost jobs financially, you name it. Like, how can we possibly approach these things by approaching the throne and looking to God? 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work scripture is breathed by god the bible is full of god's word with everything that we could possibly need when we need guidance we can look to his word it is not outdated it is not faulty the word of god is alive and active i have seen his word change my life i have seen how spending time daily in his word has changed me has changed my desires That's also really important to know, too, is like when we spend time with God and we learn his heart for us, like our heart starts to change, too. All of a sudden, I don't even want to be involved in a million things anymore. I don't want to please other people like I want to do what God wants for me. I don't want to be burnt out. I want to have balance. I want to be able to sit at his feet and listen to him and look to him. This passage promises us that God's word is sufficient for us. We can look to it in any and all situations. A verse that I just want to end with you guys on is Philippians six. It says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. You guys, God wants your life to be full of joy. He wants you to grow. He may put you through hard times so that you can get closer to him that you learn that your faith is strengthened god is the one who gave you life he is the one who placed you here he is the one who filled you with all these wonderful things he gave you all these awesome opportunities he promises that he will see it through god is faithful it's not in our nature to be faithful but it is who god is if he promises that he will bring our lives to completion. Then we can trust that. We can rest in that. Spend time with God daily. Make that a priority. Before you do all these other things, spend time with God. Something that I've been doing lately that has been so helpful is kind of writing out like bullet points, list of things that I have going on in my day. If I'm like have a really stressful day, like write it all out day by day, hour by hour taking this schedule or these things that I have on my plate and praying through them. You know, inviting God into them and thanking him for what he's going to do. <music> to close out today's podcast, I just want to give you guys a few more song recs. My first song rec is King of My Heart live Okay, I love the live versions. I think they're just so powerful. So King of My Heart Live by Bethel Music and Stephanie Gretzinger. This is really all about finding strength from the Lord, leaning on him and his faithfulness to never let you down, giving him full control of your heart and your life. The second song recommendation is Bigger Than I Thought. It is by Passion and Sean Corran. Like the title says, God is bigger than we think he is. He is fully able he is bigger than all of our issues he's bigger than anything we have on our plates so we can rest in him and trust that he is sufficient for us then my third and final song rack of the week is run to the father by cody carnes you know taking what you have and running to god laying it at his feet taking that first step to run to him run to him when you get tired run to him when you're overwhelmed run to him when you need guidance You guys, thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram at WordsLikeHoneyPodcast for encouragement, for something uplifting on your feed. Just while you're scrolling through Instagram, I recently did a giveaway and I'm going to be doing a lot more. You guys, I am so, so excited and I am praying for all of you daily. God is so good and so faithful and he loves you so much. See you guys next week. Bye.